0: amen and amen. If you got a Bible, turn with me to uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. Book of Ecclesiastes beginning our new series today entitled Chasing the Wind. Uh, chasing the Wind. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to work through uh, uh, this book, a uh, book of uh, uh, wisdom, uh, right? Written uh, uh, mainly by King Solomon um, as he is uh, rather reflective of his life. Um, and as we see throughout here, as we'll look throughout this book, we'll see that, uh, man, he just keeps it 100. He just keeps it real um, about uh, his life and where uh, he was. Uh, but before we, we dive in, how many of you guys remember that old movie uh, entitled Groundhog Day with Bill Murray that came out in the 90s, right? Uh, you know, I know we've got some folks that weren't even born in the 90s in the house today. we got some, you know, college students, 2000s. You know, but uh, but that movie Groundhog Day by Bill Murray, I think, is a uh, beautiful picture of what we're getting ready to talk about here. Those of you who may not know about it, um, uh, the you know, premise of the movie was Bill Murray leading character. Um, he is stuck right uh, living in February on February the second, uh, Groundhog Day. Uh, he's stuck there, and uh, you know, many folks think three decades. You know, he's stuck there, and so he tries to figure out. And find the meaning of life, um, and so he uh, literally searches, you know, and does everything under the sun. Uh, he tries to make the most of his time by uh, choosing to indulge in uh, stuff. There's a scene where he's uh, sitting around a big old table full of food, and he just looks to gorge himself with the uh, uh, the food there. And he drinks a whole pot of black coffee, and for the first time, smokes a cigarette. And he figures out that that uh, is not enough right he can't figure it you know didn't find the meaning of life there and so then uh he goes to uh lust right uh, and pleasure so he seduces a woman sleeps with her right but he figures out man that that wasn't enough for him he still had a longing right to get out of uh February the 2nd uh and then he, his mind and heart turns to despair essentially where he begins to hate his life as a matter of fact he takes his own life several times uh just to wake up still in February the 2nd and what's interesting is it, it wasn't until uh, right uh, he found right that the answer to him getting out of living Febu- on February the 2nd was for him to find contentment in where he was currently located uh, that uh, he was able to get free the answer was him finding contentment in his current place in his current life right ironically enough that was the key for him being able to move forward to February uh, the third right finding contentment where he was and listen I say all that to say that that is a perfect picture of Solomon's life those of you who don't know King Solomon he was a great and mighty king right uh, man wisest man to ever live wealthiest man to ever live God took care of him right he was David's son man he was the next uh, person in line the king of uh, Israel and man God took care of him but then it says that uh, he fell in love with many foreign women. Foreign women, as in those that uh, man didn't follow God. You know, they're from other nations, didn't follow God, worshipped idols, and man, that was uh, to his demise. And he found himself, man, worshiping other gods, leaving the Lord essentially, and pursuing everything under the sun, everything um, that you can think of, and it's written out all throughout this book here. And he gets to, to towards the towards near the end of his life. And he's sitting around and he's jotting down and thinking, man, all this stuff I chased after. All this stuff that I've accumulated in this life. Without the Lord, man, it's meaningless. It's vanity. You'll see that word all throughout. It's vanity. That word vanity literally means, man, it's, it's uh, you know, but a breath. The brevity, if you will. Just, I mean, just, man, that's a good, you know, simple hit. But, man, it just leaves me wanting more. And he says that all throughout, man, this book. And so that begs to ask the question for us in here, hey, what is the meaning of life? Why do we exist anyways? What, why are we even here for? I'll go ahead and tell you, spoiler alert, we'll look at it in a couple weeks. You know, Ecclesiastes 12, 13, right? Solomon comes to understand that at the end of it, right? the call for us, man, to find the meaning of life is to choose to fear God and obey his commandments. That is the answer. That's the answer, the meaning of life. It is. And so over the next several weeks, again, we're going to walk through this book, uh, highlight specific chapters. I encourage you, the chapters that we aren't going to hit on, I encourage you to uh, read those on your own time. Uh, The interesting thing about Ecclesiastes is it's pretty repetitive. And so, man, if we if we walk through each and every chapter, we'll be preaching on the same stuff, number one. Number two, it gets a little dreary. The book's pretty dreary. You say, man, life and its pursuits, man, it's all meaningless. It's vain. It's vain. And so we're going to highlight several passages here, and I encourage you to read some of the other passages on your own time. Uh, But we're going to start out in chapter 2 today. Start out in chapter 2, verses 18 through 26. Uh, 18 through 23 is is basically ending a thought from Psalm, and he's talking about, he opens it up from the get-go, and just speaks to, right, the vanity of his pursuits outside of the Lord. Man, his time, man, wandering from God and pursuing all these things. He talks about the vanity of wisdom. He had all of this wisdom, right, that, uh, man, he was able to answer all these questions, do all these things. But at the end of the day, it was meaningless without the Lord. He talks about the vanity of self-indulgence. Had anything he could put his hands on, man, he, he could possess it. But he talks about that man being vain. And then he ends here by talking about the vanity of toil. Man, Solomon was a hard worker, accumulated a lot. Um, But he realized that without the Lord, man, it is meaningless. It's meaningless. And so, starting in verse 18, if you're there, let me know that you're there by saying "there." All right. Uh, And if you have a if you don't have a Bible with you, you can look on the screen there and find it. uh, Follow along with us. But starting in verse 18, and we'll read through verse 26. What the word of the Lord says. Solomon talking here. He says, "This I hated all." my toil, in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool. Yet he will be master of all, for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. Solomon has this honest reality. Man, hey, I've acquired all this stuff, worked hard to you know, accomplish all these things, but man, I can't take none of that with me. I'm going to have to leave it here one day. Let's keep going here. Verse 20. So I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun. Because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What has a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow, and his work is a vexation. Even in the night, his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. In verse 24 through 26, what I want to focus the message on this morning, right, his realization, it's like he has an aha moment here. says this, there is nothing better, he's come to realize, there's nothing better for a person than that he should eat And drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him who can eat or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he has given the business of gathering and collecting. Only to give to one who pleases God. This also is vanity and striving and a striving after when i've entitled this message after that age-old song by the rolling stones i can't get no satisfaction can't get no satisfaction listen answering the question hey what is man the key to contentment in this life why don't we pray together god we love you god i pray over these next few moments that you would speak to us lord i pray for those that are chasing the wind god with pursuit some may be good but but are missing what the true meaning of life is lord i pray that you would meet them where they are today lord i pray lord that we would come to understand lord that man the call for us is to fear you lord and obey your commandments walk in you pray for those that are searching in here today that you'd speak to them lord i pray for the believer in here lord who tempted like Solomon was, Lord, to just leave you behind and look to pursue his own life. I pray that you'd remind them that you're better, Lord, than anything that this world is over. Lord, help us all to be people that get over the sun, Lord. God, where life is truly hidden at the end of the day. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Uh, Matt Chandler says in his book that our life is a lot like, right, uh, than we want to realize, a lot like Bill Murray's life in that movie Groundhog Day, right, uh, this monotonous cycle, right, of living day to day, repeating, right, uh, uh, stuff in our life. You may say, Pastor Irv, how do you know that to be true? If I asked you what your, you know, (laughs) what your plan was Monday through Friday, you'd probably tell me that, you know, that your schedule is very similar, right, to each day. You get up at a certain time, brush your teeth at a certain time, drink the same cup of coffee, man, drive the same route to work. It's this same cycle. And and listen, there's no issue with that. But the reality is, if that's all it is to life, if that's all there is to life, man, then listen, we're going to find ourselves pretty miserable pretty quick. And maybe that's where you find yourself today, right, is, is in a state of, man, I, my life's mine. I, I love my family, love my kids, love my job, love my work. But, man, there must be something more to life than this. How can I find contentment in, man, the place that I'm in right now, right now? Well, I'm glad you asked. Solomon answers the question, right, on how we can find contentment. Answers it, answers it in two different ways today, and I want for us to take a look at it right here in the text. Answering the question how we find contentment in this life. How we can find satisfaction in this life that we have. Man, the first way he answers it is this. Man, we find contentment in this life by choosing to give proper respect to the Lord. Giving proper respect to the Lord. What what that means is, hey, choosing to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Man, choosing to see God as the center of our life. Choose to see him as the center of our life. Right? That's how we give proper respect to him. Give proper respect to him. Right? And also choosing to worship him with our life. Hey, the root of our ability to enjoy what he has given us in this life, man, is our understanding of who he is. Solomon says in in verse 24 here, man, there's nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. I'll put it to you this way, church, and I'll read it right here. Hey, we're able to enjoy the gifts and the blessings that we have in this life. Only when we understand that we are called as his people to engage man in an intimate relationship with the giver of those gifts. It's only one we choose to understand that, man, we're able to enjoy the stuff that we have in this life. And so the call for us is to give proper respect to the Lord. How do we do that? How do we do that? It's understanding, number one, man, that God is the giver of all good gifts. So what Solomon says here, man, hey, eat, drink, enjoy, man, the toil, enjoy these gifts that you've been given, enjoy the work that you're able to be a part of, knowing that at the end of the day, it's from the hand of God to begin with, hand of God to begin with. We have got to understand, church, that the, the the truth of the matter is God is the giver of all the good stuff that we've got. He's the giver. Giver of every good and perfect gift. I want to go ahead and say this, right, uh, before we move on. There are some folks that I've talked about before. Some folks, man, they have this thought that God is almost like some kind of cosmic kill joy, if you will. Right, that he doesn't want you to, man, enjoy any element of your life. Matter of fact, he... There's some thought, you know some people that think that man, you're more holy, right? The more miserable you are in life, yes, there are seasons, man, where, where, where times are tough. But but he's right. We see Solomon highlighted here. No, 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 man, God wants us to enjoy our life, right? Enjoying our life, man, and loving God—they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Exclusive. He wants us to enjoy our life, but it's understanding, right, that uh, He is the root, man. He's the giver of all gifts. I'll put it to you this way, brother Gray. Here it is. It's understanding this, that the stuff that we have in this life, it's not ours. It's his. Hey, we're not owners of the stuff that we possess. We are simply stewards of it. Say, Pastor what do you mean? Hey, that family that you have, family that you have, listen, even though they have your last name, bless God, they're not yours. They're his. Hey, that car that you have that's in your name, listen, hey, that great and good. Hey, great and good that you bought it. But it's not really yours. It's his. It comes from him. Stuff in your bank account that you have, it's not really yours. It's his. The job that you have, it's not. You're not the reason why God, it's, it's him. It's his. And so it's understanding this fact that, man, he is the giver of every good and perfect gift. And it's when we choose to understand that, that we're able to enjoy, man, the gifts that we have in him. I'll go ahead and say this, Brother Matthew, I'll go ahead and add this in free charge. I almost forgot. Um, here, here's, here's the truth. Here's the truth. What, what's the difference, right, between, man, and enjoying gifts that we have that come from him, right, and finding ourselves in a difficult place, you know, where, where we, we don't do that? Or, or what's the difference in, man, uh, enjoying gifts without understanding that God's the giver of them versus... Enjoying them while understanding that he is. It's simply this. Hey, when when you choose to enjoy the gifts that you have without understanding that God's the giver of them, hey, that enjoyment quickly turns into idolatry. Quickly turns into idolatry. It's happened in my life. This stuff that that I've gotten. Matter of fact, you know, just recently, you know, I, I just ended up buying a brand new Mac, right, a MacBook, you know, I was feel, you know, feeling a little fancy. I say brand new, it was new to me, right, I ended up, man, you know, getting it on Facebook Marketplace, able to talk the dude down a couple hundred bucks. Saved me a couple hundred bucks, you know. My mom taught me how to bargain hunt, all the garage sales we went to. Man, I'm thankful for those times. I remember thinking, man, mom, I ain't trying to worry about stuff that came from a garage sale, you know, that she bargained for. But I'm thankful, you know, that she helped me learn how to bargain. But bought this new laptop, and man, I'm sitting there, man, and, and to be honest with you, I'm worshiping it. I am. I'm worshiping it. I'm worshiping this, this little machine that, man, may break down in, you know, a couple of years. They say five to seven years, I should be good with it. You know, hopefully if it doesn't, I got a warranty on it, so I should be able to take care. It's neither here nor there. But I'm worshiping this machine because, man, hey, I lost sight of understanding that. Man, I'm just simply a steward of that. Man, this was product, man, of gifts that God has given me to be able to buy that thing. I know that's a simple example, but, hey, we can easily fall into that in our own life. Hey, did you know that you can worship your kids, parents in here? You can worship your family. You can worship the, you know, the idea of, man, having this this perfect family. You can worship your job, your work. Again, we're called to enjoy the stuff that we have, but unable to enjoy it, man, in a healthy and holy way, man. It starts with us choosing to understand that God is the giver. He's the owner. And we're simply the stewards of these gifts. James 1, 16 and 17 says this. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Man, the ability to work, your possessions, man, your spouse, kids, family, ability to get an education, the fruits of your labor, man, they're all from him. And so we ought to give him praise and glory for that. Listen, we've got to understand that God is the giver of all good gifts. That's how we give proper respect to the Lord. But secondly, we've got to understand this, man, that without God at the end of the day, there is no true contentment. No true contentment. Look what he says here. Who is what he says. He says, this also I saw is from the hand of God. Man, God is the provider, right? It gives me the ability to be able to work in this context. But, man, he gives every good and perfect gift. But look what he says after that. This also I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from Him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? Solomon's sitting here and saying, man, hey, I, listen, apart from God, man, I can't, I can't even enjoy eating. I can't even eat. I can't even eat. Who, who can eat? Who can do these things without Him? Here it is. Who can find true contentment without Him? Here's the truth of the matter today. Hey, without God, you are not going to find what you're looking for. You're not. Without him, you're not. You've got to understand that he is the root, man of, man, true contentment. We must understand that the key to contentment is knowing him. It's knowing him. Philippians 3, verses 7 and 8. Look what it says. For whatever gain, I had. Paul talking here, man, super accomplished before coming to faith, super accomplished after coming to faith. This is him talking. Look what he says. For whatever I gained, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ. Man, it's that simple statement of understanding, man, there's nothing that compares to the value of knowing him. It's like that old song goes, hey, we can search for all eternity long, church, and find, man, that there is none like the Lord. There is none like him. Man, without contempt, you're not going to find what you're looking for. And so before I move on to the next point, hey, giving a proper respect to the Lord. Man, Solomon says here, understand that the gifts that you have, man, are and the life that you have is for enjoyment. But hey, we're only able to enjoy what we have to the fullest, man, when we understand that God is the giver, man, of the stuff that we have. And so resting in that and understanding that, man, without him, we're not going to find contentment anyway. Man, so choose him. Choose him. Have an accurate view of him. And then secondly and lastly, and I'm done, Solomon here, man, he, he gets straight to the point here. Listen, how can we find contentment in this life? And it's having proper respect for the Lord, number one, but number two, it's choosing to have a proper posture toward him. Proper posture toward him. Look at verse 26. It says this for to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner. He is given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to one who pleases God. This also is vanity and a striving after wind. Solomon's talking to two specific people here. And by the way, there's only two types of people in 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 this world. You may say, Pastor man, there's a whole bunch of people. News outlets tell me that I can identify in a whole bunch of different ways. No, no, there's There's only two types of people. Talk about from a spiritual standpoint. Hey, there are sinners. And they're saints. Sinners and saints. And that's who Solomon is addressing here. These two types of people. Sinners and saints. And he gives a response to both of them on on how, man, to have a proper posture toward the Lord. Those of us who are in Christ, man, because of our position as saints, because of our position, you know, in him, as Ephesians 2 tells us, right, that we're seated in the heavenlies, because of our position in him, right, our posture Man ought to be as such to choose to look to live to please Him. Our position in the Lord ought to dictate our posture toward Him. Our position in the Lord ought to dictate our posture toward Him. When I speak of posture, I speak of attitude, man, and how we uh, respond, how we live in light of, right, how we see God. Because, man, how we see Him is going to impact the way that we live for Him. And so that's what Solomon's talking about here, man we got to have an accurate posture toward the Lord. Whenever I think of posture, I think of whenever I was in high school, went to, you know, a game one time, and I'll never forget, I look over to my left, and I see one of my childhood idols. Man, I grew up, man, you know, idolizing. Now, you know, a lot of folks growing up, man, Superman was their hero, Batman was their hero, you know, I mean, there were a few people that had Robin, I don't know why he'd have Robin as a hero, but that's neither here nor there, he couldn't do anything great, But, had all these, you know, figures as their heroes. For me, it was athletes. Athletes were my heroes. And I remember looking over and I saw Dion Sanders, Neon Dion, sitting there in, in the crowd. And I'm thinking, man, this is awesome. This is awesome. And listen, me knowing Dion Sanders, those of you who don't know, one of the greatest athletes to, to ever live. Me looking at him, right, my posture quickly shifted. I wasn't going to be all willy-nilly, you know, uh, in my approach toward it, man, I, I was going to make sure I was buttoned up. I knew what I was going to say because I didn't want to waste his time. Right? And go and show proper respect. I was thinking, man, do I even need to go meet him first and foremost? You know, I wanted to get an autograph, you know, but I was kind of scared about that. But then I was thinking, man, listen, you know, times are tight, man. So if I can sell that thing on eBay, get a ton of money one day maybe, you know. Man, I thought I was going to get more laughs, but it's all good. Um, the, you know, can sell that on eBay, man, and get, you know. Man, killing on it, man. I, I didn't know what to, do, but but my posture was man. It was different because of who that person was. Hey, my posture man impacted how I lived in that moment. In that moment, and in the same way, hey, that, that's what we're talking about here. That's what we're talking about. True contentment is found, man. Whenever we have a proper posture toward the Lord for how we see Him, because of how we see Him proper posture what it looks like is this number one choosing to honor God by how you live he's speaking to the saints here speaking to the saints he says it here in scripture for the one who pleases him God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy right this call for us as saints of him man is to live our lives to please him not just to give lips to give lip service toward him but choose to live our life to please him and we know that, man, how we please Him is by following in obedience to Him. Right? As we live our life, man, as He calls for us. It, it, here it is. It's not just simply doing a whole bunch of things for Him. Right? It, it's choosing as we walk in relationship with Him, man, to be obedient to His voice whenever He calls us, when He speaks to us. Man, we please God by being obedient to Him. So how does, the, how does that look in your life? Are you honoring God by how you live and by the way i'll go ahead and throw this in free charge man hey there's a lot of folks that may say hey oh talks about here man when we please god he he blesses us man he provides for us oh man that's gets talking about man health wealth and prosperity gospel can, can i can i just be honest with you listen this is you know a little aside but i'll go ahead and throw it in free of charge brother Monty. Hey, all throughout the scripture we see man that that those you know saints of god man that follow him Right, that obey him, that live lives pleasing to him, man. He blesses. He blesses. It's not all just you know explicitly monetary. I'm not saying that he, like I said, he's gonna bless you with a new helicopter, you know, whenever you leave out here because you he obeyed his voice during invitation. But we know, and Solomon says it here, man. Those that please, man, God, listen, man. He's gonna bless you with wisdom on how to live for him, man, in, in light of your current situation with your family, friends. He's gonna bless you with knowledge. Right, a knowledge of him, growing deeper in knowledge of who he is, what he's done for you. And hey, man, he's going to bless you with joy. going to bless you with joy. Right, man, the stuff, man, where, where true contentment's really found, those three things. And so for the, the call for those of us who know the Lord man, is to honor him by how we live our life. Hebrews 11.6 says it this way, and without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever will draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him without faith it's impossible to please God man so the saints in here today the call for us is to honor God by how we live man walking by faith when's the last time you've heard his voice speak to you and he's called for you to do something and you've responded in obedience. Hey, wh- wh- when's the last time in your meeting with him, you know he's giving you a directive and you've responded in obedience? When's the last time you've answered what the word says whenever you're going about life and you share the gospel with that person that's far away from you? Or you pray for that friend? Listen, honor God by how you live. And in doing so, man, that's where true contentment is found. Honor God by how you live. And then secondly, right, he speaks to the sinner here. Having a proper process to the Lord. Those of you who don't know Christ, that are far from him. Right, your response is to hope in the Lord before it's too late. Hope in the Lord before it's too late. The last part of verse 26, he says, But to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting, only to give to one who pleases God. This also is vanity and a striving after the wind. Whenever Solomon talks about only to give to the one that pleases uh, God, right, uh, a lot of scholars, you know, they're not too sure what that means. It Just simply leaving it, you know, for somebody, you know, after they pass and, you know, that person pleases God? Does it mean something similar to the parable of the talents? You know, folks aren't really sure. But, but here's the main idea. Here's what he's saying. Those in here who don't know Christ, right, your life of gathering and collecting, it's that picture of, like we, what we talked about earlier, living this monotonous Life with no hope, no direction, just simply, literally, chasing the wind. Chasing what pleases you, only for a season, and then, man, you're empty after that. Man, chasing what you think, man, is best for you, and only to leave you empty after that. And so the call for you, man, is to hope in the Lord, man, before it's too late. Lord, before it's too late. Don't, don't be like Solomon. Yes, I mean, you know, he, he knew the Lord, but he ran for the Lord for a long time and he comes back here and, and, and I can just picture this. This is just, you know, conjecture here. He's probably sitting around a little campfire with, you know, some, those, you know, kids, folks alike and just reminiscing on those days and, and probably feeling shameful and probably feeling like, man, I wasted a whole lot of life. I wasted a whole lot of life. Hey, listen, hope in the Lord before it's too late. Too late in this life, right? In terms of man not wasting it, but also man too late in the sense of when you pass, man without Christ, gonna spend forever, man separated from Him, and then it's really too late. Man, choose to hope in the Lord. Psalm 107:9 puts it like this: Hey, for He talking about the Lord, He satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul. He fills with good. With good things. The good news is, hey, today it doesn't have to be too late. Songs that we sing about the person who we, we talk about each and every week, right? Person uh, Jesus Christ, man, second person of the Trinity, the God Man. A little over two thousand years ago, hung on a cross on a hill far away, shed his blood on that cross, died, but didn't stay dead, brother Rick. He rose from the dead three day on the third day. And because he rose, hey, now, right, you have an opportunity, man, to be brought back, to be redeemed, to be brought back into a relationship, man, with the God who created you, to live the way that you were created to live from the beginning. And so, hey, choose to live for the Lord. I know in the context here it's talking about the sinner, but hey, the saint in here that's running away, hey, man, choose, man, to hope in the Lord now before it's too late, before you're like Solomon. Hey, don't choose to live your life, man, chasing, man, the stuff under the sun. Choosing to, man, j- just simply living life to accumulating stuff, accumulating thrills, memories that, man, may be super cool in the moment, but you're not going to be able to take with you at the end. Man, choose to live a life worthwhile. Man, choose to hope in the Lord before it's too late. I love what C.S. Lewis said one time in a quote, man. He said, Hey, the issue with mankind is that we don't desire too much. Sadly, the issue is we actually desire too little. These pursuits in life, man, chasing stuff under the sun, right? We find ourselves in doing so, worshipping these things, right? We find ourselves settling for you know, the cardboard-like pizza that you get at Chuck E. Cheese whenever you take your kids there, right? Remember Chuck E. Cheese? Y'all know that pizza wasn't that good, you know, cardboard-like. You choose to find yourself settling for that. Instead of, man, choosing to, to uh, Take the Lord on his offer, man, for that Ruth Chris steak that's waiting for you. That best choice steak. In in Clarksville context, that Edward steak that's waiting for you. Man, hey, don't choose to settle, man. And choose to hope in the Lord, man. He is enough. He's enough. How do we find true contentment in this life that we are in? Man, it's choosing to give proper respect to the Lord. Man, see him for who he really is. And it's choosing to have a proper posture, man, toward him. You see the common theme in that? Hey, it's it's all about the Lord at the end of the day. It's all about him. I'll end with, uh, with this. The uh, One of my favorite passages, one of the most familiar passages, is the uh, passage of uh, um, you know, the prodigal son, talking about the prodigal son parable of the prodigal son and those of you who may not know it right uh it's about a son man who had a loving father you know was due for an inheritance one day but decides man hey man forget about you uh family man i'm gonna live my own life i'm gonna take my inheritance now and you know uh, live for myself uh, and indulge and that he did only to find it man just meaningless at the end of the day like chasing the wind by himself empty, he ends up returning, you know, back to his father's house. We like to focus on his life away from the family, right? The the parties that he engaged in, you know, while he was away from the family. But we, a lot of times, don't talk about the party that happened when he got back. You know, they threw a party for him when he got back. You remember that, man? They had a big old barbecue, man, it was a great time. But in forgetting about the party that happened at the end, we forget about this Truth that had to take place in the prodigal son's life, and it was this hey, though the party was being thrown for him, it wasn't until he chose, right, to be satisfied in his father's love for him throwing that party that he was able to truly enjoy it. I believe I'll say that one more time. It wasn't until he chose, man, to be satisfied in his father's love. Love his father. That threw that party for for him. He wasn't going to be able to enjoy it until he got to a point where he was satisfied in his love. What's the point? Hey, the point is this your life. This call that Solomon gives to us to enjoy life. Even though, man, it may seem monotonous at times, man. Even though it may seem dreary and it's difficult at times hey the, the key to truly enjoy man is to choose to be satisfied in the father's love. man choose to be content and that's the call for you and for me today and to be content in him every single day of our life choose to make him the center of our life every single day and so my hope and prayers is that